Hello, and welcome to Sounds That Changed My Life. Um, it's a podcast that we haven't done for about three months. Yeah, so sorry about that. Um, got, got a good reason for it, though. A, good, a few reasons, I think. Um, this is basically just a, a bit of a catch-up. We plan to do more of these podcasts with the two of us, with the magical floating microphone. So, um, if you are watching on YouTube, you just saw us do some weird shit around the mic, I guess. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Music, you didn't see that. Just imagine us waving our hands about. Um, so, yeah, welcome to Sounds That Changed My Life. It's changed a little bit, just because um, the last one that we did was at the beginning of February. It is now... Almost mid-April. Mid-April, yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, we just want to kind of take some time, have a chat, uh, explain what's been going on, to be honest. So, what's been happening since um, we did the last podcast? Uh, So, over the past 12 to 14 months, we have uh, taken it upon ourselves to start uh, a hobby that we've been doing for the past 10 years. And it's, well, we're basically writing an album put it that way yeah so it's kind of I don't know it's kind of taken over our lives like we've been writing this album since before we started the speak base channel or the podcast or anything like that hence all of this stuff and that stuff and all of that stuff <laughs> so um yeah effectively what we've been doing is starting um to write an album we've been talking about doing it for years as more of a challenge so um we're almost at the end. Yeah. So it's it's been a lot of fun. Definitely. Big, I mean big challenge. Yeah. I mean that's that's the thing. We were in a band ten years ago, uh playing local gigs and all that kind of jazz and we had always anticipated or anticipated writing an album, but it never came to it. We wrote two EPs, but for some reason we never actually finished that album. So as times obviously progressed uh, we've got our own lives and all that kind of stuff. Um, we thought, what a perfect opportunity during the first lockdown, uh, during COVID, to actually make use of the time to be productive. And being music as one of our uh, passions and hobbies. Yeah, it just felt like the right thing to do, didn't it? Big time. Yeah, so like we want this to be more of a... Um, this is going to be more commonplace on the channel now. We're going to do a lot more podcasts in the same room. You know, me and Josh spend a lot of time talking about music and we never record it. Mm-hmm. So we plan to start doing that more and we plan to start doing it in more of a constructive way on video. Um, you'll see us in a lot of different settings. So um, hopefully, don't want to jinx myself, the next podcast that you're going to see is going to be all about our new EP that we're releasing called The Outsider. Um, with our vocalist Tom so right now I don't want to take it away from Tom because it's not at all effectively me and Josh have been primary songwriters for Everchanger which is our band for the past year Uh, Tom's came in recently funnily enough Tom was our vocalist uh, for our original band like 10 years ago Um, and he showed a lot of passion and he wanted to do it so um, that's not the only reason. He's, he, <laughs> he knows what he's talking about when it comes to writing music as well, and we really enjoy that. And obviously, being as we were in a band before, we were kind of at a point where... 
We know how it just write. made sense. We know how we write and work together, so... Yeah, so, like, in terms of the EP coming out, uh, we're releasing the EP, The Outsider, on Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, Deezer. I said, almost said Tidal then. It's <laughs> like a mixture of two. Um, and all of those things on the 28th of April. Um, and the EP goes up for pre-sale on uh, iTunes on the 21st. You can currently pre-save it on Spotify and you will get that link in the description. There's the official stuff. <laughs> um, this looks like an apology video right now, which everyone's doing on YouTube. Um, so, yeah, basically, we just thought we'd come and have a chat about what we've been doing and um, hopefully just have a bit of fun with it because me and Josh literally spend hours just chatting about music all the time and it seems a shame not to do it in this sort of forum. Mm-hmm. Plus, I know currently we've only got like 30-odd subscribers, but I've had quite a few people asking. Um, who, when are you getting another one up? Yeah, when's, when's another one going up? So here it is. Um, that made us sound like we're trying to be big-headed. <laughs> 30 people, yeah, where is it? Um, so, yeah, we just thought we'd do this and just kind of, you know, we haven't forgot about the channel. We speak about it literally every day. Mm-hmm. It's just that lately life has got in the way, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. So I chose to go back to uni. Um, I went back to uni in January. Um, a bit of background. About five years ago, um, I was studying a degree for music production and sound engineering. Um, and that course never got finished. No, through no fault of my own, they cancelled the final year of the course. So I've chose to go back and finish that course. That's where the CP has came from. It's kind of pushed us into a position where we're in a position to now go and release music. Whereas before we were sat on it and we were like, is it good enough? I'm not sure. So now we're, we're in a position where it's forcing us to put it out into the world, which is scary. I'm, I'm more excited than anything, to be honest. I, I, I don't <laughs> know. It, it's been one of those projects where we've been working on it so long. I'm just ready to get it out there now. Even though there's, there's still a lot of work to go, uh, especially on my part of get myself hardware, well, more hardware anyway. Um, I think it comes down to, obviously, when it comes to writing music and stuff like that, you can... You can spend gen- the rest of your life doing it, to be honest. Generally speaking, like you can spend little to nothing and just use what you've got. Mm-hmm. Um, you can buy hardware like I have. You can... You can go any way you want. There's no right or wrong way. Um, When looking at the EP and the album, basically the EP is like a taster for the album. Uh, The album we're looking at releasing later this year. When it came to looking at that as a whole vision, it became one of those things where we thought, okay, what's going to take us to the next level? So we went and basically invested in what's going to take us to the next level. Now we're coming out with a, a product that... I'm really happy with, which is impossible because I'm never happy with anything. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a really weird one because, like, you're excited, I'm terrified. I suppose it's probably, the well, I'd say 60% of the writing in terms of, well, all the guitars and all that kind of stuff has primarily been myself. But in terms of all like, the, the mixing, the mastering, 
the production of it is primarily down to you. So I'd, I'd imagine because we've got a little step to go, there's going to be a lot of work for you. So I, I understand why you feel a bit uh, nervous. Well, more anticipating it. Yeah, I think I've... I don't know. I think I've always been in a position where I have a very specific aim and vision in my head of how I want it to sound. Um... Obviously, everybody has influences and things that they want to sound like. Um, so sonically, you know, we, we had some definite influences for the EP. Mm-hmm. But I hold myself to a very high standard to the point that the other two guys in the project, i.e. Josh and Tom, have had to knock me down a couple of pegs a few times because I, I, I very much hold myself to that standard where I'm like, I need to be better. Mm. Whereas if I listen to music that I've produced now compared to ten years ago, it's it's a big change. It's crazy different, honestly. The, what your knowledge on it all has obviously excelled compared to what uh, you knew before. But there's also the fact that you've been able to have access to different software, different hardware, and all that kind of stuff, and you've been able to expand even further. And I think for me, even though I've been working on the project as well, like hearing the difference, oh, I still go back and listen to the old stuff that we did ten years ago, and yeah. I think Christ, like it, it still is really good back then. But compared to what we do now, it's it's just phenomenal. It's night and day, and I think the thing is like what I found really funny is when we started talking about actually challenging ourselves with an album. One of the first things we did was we found the original tracks from our old band. And we listened to it like 10 years ago. And it's crazy. We just sat there laughing <laughs> for like for a good hour. And it's not laughing as in like our talent was bad or anything like that. Because I don't think anyone was like not talented. Genuinely to this day, like I was so over the moon with both of our vocalists in our old band. And, you know, I loved being in that band. But at the same time, everybody matures. Everybody mm-hmm. gets their own lives. So that's why it's probably taken us a year to write an album rather than, you know, when people are doing it as a job, you know, it can take them less than a year, stuff like that. It depends. And, you know, they have a lot of people twisting knobs and stuff like that and doing all the production for them. We're doing it all ourselves, um, which is exciting I don't regret taking this amount of time to be able to do it, to be honest, because we have had parts of the past 12 months where we haven't been able to do what we wanted to do. Mm. Um, but being able to take that time to have, I don't know, it's just like little breaks and stuff. Um, you come back to it and you go, oh, uh, that bit doesn't sound right. I've got a different idea for there and all that kind of stuff. And at the end, you get a better final product really I think it makes you appreciate what you're doing more as well um, you know being able to go back and refine stuff um, makes it a lot more of a I don't know it becomes a lot more enjoyable mm-hmm. I used to like and I've said this to Josh a couple of times in the past few weeks and it's if you know me personally I it's really hard to kind of admit but like I used to hate really really hate songwriting I like the production side of it sometimes I'd feel like it was a chore 
but I used to hate songwriting. I can hear in my head how I, how I want a song to go, but being able to translate it down a fretboard or stuff like that, it's not my forte. So I used to really struggle with that. But we were saying it the other night, I've never enjoyed writing music so much as I am currently. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's literally at a point where we've got probably in an album and a, album and a half uh, material right now. So we are looking to probably release the EP, then the album, and then there's more plans. So it's, you know, saying it in theory is one thing, doing it is another. Yeah, of course. But it's really nice to see people actually being really passionate about it. Mm -hmm. And if I'm being realistic, like, it sounds selfish, but we're doing it for us. Yeah. We've, We've been out of the game for writing music and playing shows and stuff for like 10 years, so we were just like... Let's just approach it as a project, see what happens, and now we're literally an album down, and we're kind of getting ready to release that. And it's more fun than ever. Mm, definitely. I think with the whole, if you're writing music for the fans, then you're not being true to yourself. It's probably all that kind of... You need fans first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's probably all that hippie kind of crap that you uh, could be saying, but if you're not happy with the project yourself... Uh, if it's that much of a passion, what's the point in doing it? I think it's been a big focus as well because of everything that's been happening in the world. Um, it's really made us kind of look at things and be like, oh, what can we do? Mm-hmm. So initially we were talking about doing the speaker-based YouTube and the podcast and all that, and that's something that me personally I've wanted to do for years is a podcast. It just so happens that podcasts are everywhere now. Um We've always spoke about recording albums since we were like 16. Mm-hmm. And now we're considerably older. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> um, but it, it's a nice, it's, it's a nice focus when everything's going on in the world. Like, so for instance, you know, in the UK, obviously we've had a lockdown um, since January to April now. April? April. <laughs> it's April now. Uh, <laughs> so it becomes one of those things that it became a big focus and it's kind of taken up a lot of our time. Again, we've spoken about um, doing a new podcast literally every other day. But then things just get in the way. I had uni work. I had this EP. Josh got ill. Josh got a gammy eye. Mm. But then that's that's really it. So, like... Th- things happen, and you know, there's a human aspect. We're not full time YouTubers or producers, we have jobs. We do this as a, a hobby, effectively. Yeah, it's weird because, like, looking at it, uh, the one thing that was never really said during the other podcasts, you know, if you're a stranger to us and you're listening for, for the first time, thank you. But, like, the whole album, well, this, this EP that we're releasing, usually I would play drums. I'm, I'm a drummer first, more than anything, but. I wrote the drums, uh, then went and broke my ankle, then had to do some pretty intense kind of physio and stuff on my foot. So I didn't record drums for the EP, Um, which has trials and tribulations, I guess, um, because I'm very anal about things. Um, So, yeah, stuff like that has been a challenge. So, like... You know, when we released the first podcast and we've been doing all these videos, literally the whole time I had a cast on my foot or, like, 
the very first video on the YouTube channel, I had a freshly broken ankle. And I mean, I think it was about two weeks after, wasn't it? Yeah. It's crazy what you don't see outside of this space. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like, since then, you know, I've, I've kind of been doing a lot of physio and getting back to near as 100% as possible. But at the same time, there's still a lot of focus that you have to do on yourself at that point, which is weird because, you know, I've had so much time off work. Mm -hmm. And then other stuff like, you know, having to keep it moving and stuff. So I can't sit behind a computer all day as much as I'd like to. Um, I started to feel a bit sorry for myself. I suppose with the whole situation of COVID going on as well, like being able to not... Well, you wasn't able to go out barely at all because you ankle anyway but then we've also with the restrictions and stuff being able to go out was virtually non-existent that i can imagine was a bit of a pain in the back yeah it's well. weird as well when you look at covid and things like that like broke my ankle thought i'll do physio i'll go to the gym start getting better i lost a lot of weight because i couldn't go anywhere and i wasn't getting up to make myself food lazy um but then as I started getting better, I put a lot more weight on, grew a very long beard, um, and then um, I chose to get rid of the beard before we recorded this podcast. And now you oh. can see double chin. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a really weird time. But, you know, in terms of like, ooh, chair, sorry. <laughs> um, in terms of like all that sort of stuff, we do have big plans for the, the podcast. In terms of the YouTube channel, it is our probably our our most. It's the thing that we're going to do most is a podcast because it's our biggest passion. I couldn't find words then. <laughs> um, and you are going to see a lot of things change. So the you know the studio space has changed. Like we're going to be, you know, in the next couple of podcasts, maybe whenever we have like a guest, we might not be here. We'll be somewhere else. Um, obviously, there's going to be some times where we're doing it camera to camera again like we did before but again we are going to try and do it more on video than only audio based um in terms of the probably the format for the podcast it's going to be a lot more casual like we're going to chat like this probably because we've been talking about that a lot yeah either way the content we're talking about is not going to change it's just the visual yeah it's still going to be stuff like you know sounds that changed my life but um, you know, we had a couple of people look at the first podcast, which was about Dookie, and say, well, you spoke about the album for an hour, but you didn't say how it changed your life. So should we cover that now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well, why not? Um, yeah, so, like, realistically, like, it's one of those things that we want to have more casual conversations. We want to get you guys involved. Um you know, the next podcast, as I kind of alluded to, we're going to have Tom on, hopefully. And we're going to be talking about the EP and things things like that and, you know, bands that he's into and get into his head. But, you know, Dookie changed my life because I got into <laughs> Green Day. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't quite know how it's going to kind of pan out with the, with the podcast. Like... It's going to always undergo changes because me and Josh are very... We've just got so many ideas. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Like, we were talking about having mini-casts where they were maybe 15 minutes, half an hour, and then we were talking about, you know, me and 
Josh the other night were literally playing games and we spoke about music for about two hours and then at the end Josh goes why didn't we record that yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know it might be a more casual setting and if that works for you guys brilliant because it works for us you know we want to be in a position where we can sit just click record and go um, Josh is crying <laughs> so um, <laughs> um what would you like to see? That's what I always kind of go back to. We're going to talk about stuff that we like anyway. We've got a whole list of albums that we want to cover in terms of sounds that changed my life. Did you like the lists? I know I did. Um, but it's going to be a mix of everything. We're not going to be Joe Rogan. You know, we haven't got a full studio space with, you know, a thousand microphones and three-hour podcasts, so you're not going to be around for that long. Um but again, catch up. What have you been listening to? I'm going to throw it straight at you. Okay. Um, I I was on YouTube the other night and come across a video uh, to do with... I, I don't know whether it's the genre or if it's a type of music, but it's called Thal or Thul. I thought they are a band. I don't know. From what I can get, it's a genre because ah. on Spotify there is a... Just a, a massive playlist, and it's more uh, proggy, gen, just heaviness. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah. So I'll, I'll put it on in the background whilst I was working the other day, and before I knew it, it was lunchtime, and I'd listened to pretty much half the podcast. Oh, the podcast. The playlist. Um, the playlist, <laughs> that's the one. Um, that's weird. I've never... It was until I watched that video. I genuinely didn't realise that was even a thing. I never knew it was a thing, literally um, until right now. But I know it's stuff that I'd like to try and write as a guitarist, but I know it's it's not my type of... Well, it's not my style of music. What would you say your style of music is, though? Well, to be honest, it's, it doesn't... We've had this conversation so much. Uh, like uh, a bit of metal maybe a bit of prog a bit of I don't know this album has had a, like a an envision of being quite theatrical yeah in terms of big sounds yeah um, but in terms of a guitarist I probably couldn't pick a specific genre it's weird because obviously without showing you the album it's, it's, it's very much <laughs> one of those that we have to sort of allude to it now obviously with the EP coming out there's going to be a lot of content probably going on the YouTube mm-hmm. um, we have a lot of stuff planned um, so if you enjoy it great if you don't just subscribe to the podcast I guess mm-hmm. um, but I think in terms of influences for you I, I won't really say bands but I think a lot of the album like you said theatrical at first that was the plan and then we ended up writing pretty long, proggy songs. Mm. So then it went full circle, and I remember sitting there one day, just on Discord. It was either Discord or on FaceTime together, and we were just writing stuff, and Josh just turns around and goes, I want to write a really fast song. And it ended up being... How long is XR? It's about two minutes, isn't it? Yeah, two, Easy, two and a half minutes. song on the album. So, yeah, there's there's one of the song names. 
Um, but yeah, basically, it's um, it ended up being the complete opposite of what we'd been writing before. You know, a lot of the album is very stacked. There's a lot of layers to it, and there's a lot of kind of texture. And then you get to a few songs on the album because there's not just the one fast song now. You know, the whole thrashy element. There's a, a few now. And they end up being quite short, but they end up sounding huge. Mm. And I love that. I love that contrast. It's weird. I've, I've Watching you do the mixing side of it, and at least in the demo anyway, you can see how in that kind of... Uh, project it is a lot of less is more big oh, time I was literally just about to say that because you can have like the whole walls of sound by stacking up so many different guitars uh, with different tones and whatnot um, and making it and making it sound massive that way whereas this one you can you can literally just have a, a guitar panned left and a uh, panned right yet with the type of music that it is it, because it's so aggressive it comes out naturally as a lot louder yeah and i think a lot of it is in the, in the way that you play as well you've always you've always had a more of a an aggressive playing style mm. sometimes i have to tell you to tone it back <laughs> um, just play it nice and soft <laughs> but you know dynamics is a thing even if you're you're having a mix with a, a nice huge sound you know there's going to be moments in, in the album or whatever you're listening to where things are going to slow down. Mm. And is it right to play really heavy at that point? Probably not. Like, dynamics is a huge thing. And I think that's what a lot of musicians miss out on sometimes. Mm. Like, the, when I was at uni originally, like a few years back, it was. Um, a lot of my kind of study was learning dexterity, mm. learning to play quietly, learning to listen to the band and slow down and flow with the rest of the band. And it's something that is really hard to learn and even harder to probably teach. But it probably becomes one of those things that it means that you can sit down with strangers and probably learn to do the push and the pull of the song yeah. together. Because it's very easy to sit there and in a mix just slam the mix with compression and get a really aggressive sound and stuff like that. But if it comes to playing live, you're not going to be saved by those tools. No. You have to be a musician up. first and foremost. <laughs> yeah, big time. That's one thing over the past 12 months. Well, just over the, the whole course of uh, writing this album is, for me, as you know, I've been playing guitar for God knows how many years now. I know for a fact I'm not the best guitarist out there, and I, my, uh, I tend to write a lot of more uh, rhythm stuff, picky um, melodies and all that kind of technical stuff on a guitar is not really my forte, but I'll, I'll definitely give it a go. But over, well, my point is <laughs> getting up to pretty much where we started. I had put a guitar down and just left it in the corner for many, many years. And really, throughout this whole process of writing the album, I've relearned how to play guitar, but doing it this way and having your help with all the drumming and that kind of stuff has really 
pulled my passion into writing music more than when we were in the band, if I'm honest. Yeah, it's weird because, like, over 12 months, it's not even been, like... There's a song on the album that we actually released... 2013. Dead. I wasn't even talking about that one. Oh, okay. So there's two songs on the album. <laughs> um, there's one called Dead, which is on the EP. We originally released that in 2013. Was it 2013? Mm-hmm. God. Um, and then we released a song called 31 um, in 2017. And... Both were pretty bad on the production side. You can sort of hear where it's going. Um, but once we had worked on 31, Josh wrote some more ideas for other songs. Then they went on the shelf, and then we didn't really carry on with them. Mm. Fast forward to 2020, when we all had a bit more time on our hands, You know, we started writing again. That song's taken on taken on another form. Both of them have. Yeah. But I think you have, rather than being a guitarist that writes riff first, I think it you you're approaching it as more of a songwriter's approach now. You th- you think about the drums. You think about you know oh how can the bass play around the guitar. Mm-hmm. You even did vocals for the EP. <laughs> um, <laughs> By the way, I can't sing at all. <laughs> no, I so, am learning. <laughs> so we, we were struggling with um, some vocal parts for the EP. And it was through no fault of Tom or, you know, all of that. It's just that, you know, with the whole social distancing thing going on, um, effectively, we couldn't be in the same room as Tom. So we basically had to find means and ways of recording without being there so initially um it ended up being over team viewer which i will never ever suggest for anyone <laughs> you won't hear the track it's blind mixing don't do it and then we used a plugin called satellite sessions very good if i might add yeah so josh basically did some scratch vocals on the track found a rhythm scheme around his guitars and stuff like that and then him and Tom worked together because Tom already had the vocals and you know the, the lyrics and stuff down so it was pretty much I'd say 99% of the way there I, I'm happy to say that out of everything that I've done on the EP and album and like all the production side of it it was the one thing I could sit back and not really have anything to do with mm. and it made me appreciate it more Okay. Because it's very easy to listen to your own music and sit mixing it and working on it for three months and be like, oh, I'm sick of listening in there. (laughs) Yeah, so having to listen to it from a fresh point of view, um, like, you know, when Tom got on the track and you you guys worked on the vocals, um, it was almost surreal. There's, There's loads of surreal moments, though, like when we put the the pre-save page up for Spotify. Mm. Um, Got a text from Tom in our our group chat last night just going, this feels surreal. And I'm like, I never really thought of it like that. I think it's because we haven't done it yet. Yeah, we've been sat on music for so long that we've just never released it. It's just been that whole project. Oh, I just load up the project file and you can listen to it there and then. But knowing that it's got an actual deadline... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that is the surreal part for me, to be honest. Even though I'm excited, I, I 
still, I think it's going to be a bit strange knowing that it's out there for the world to see. Yeah. Bring it on. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just because it has to go past a certain element of being selfish and saying, oh, you know, this is just for us. We're writing it for us and having that kind of mindset. But you can also write it for you and then still share it with people. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm an absolute pain. I don't show anybody outside of us, the music. And that is probably why I'm so filled with fear. Mm. I'm excited. There's a part of me that's really excited, but I'm just filled with kind of this this whole feeling of what if it's not good enough? Mm. I'm I'm at a point where I'm actually happy with it now, which takes me a very long time, very long time. <laughs> so yeah, I think I, I'm excited for people to hear it. Mm. Definitely, I've upgraded everything in my workflow <laughs> for this album. Because I think it went from a point where we... I think we both hit a point where we were like, okay, now it's time to take it seriously. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, in the past 12 months, I've built two guitars. And in the past 10 years, all I'll say is I've only got three guitars. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, it's a good way of looking at it. Because it's like, you know... And I'm under no illusion that if I didn't go back to uni, I wouldn't have been probably in this position... I wouldn't be in the position to kind of sit there and be like, well, actually, let's go and do this. Mm. You know, let's go and work on this album more or put more eff- emphasis into it because life gets in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm under no illusion that I wouldn't have the hardware that I've got and, you know, delve into that sort of stuff had I have not gone back to uni. So it's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> well, we know for a fact that we've got all this stuff like in our arsenal to be able to carry on and write music for years to come. I'm glad you said Arsenal. Well, I'm going to say Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I think there's going to be an episode where we actually talk about the EP in depth. Mm. Um, I think we'll get Tom on and we'll talk about you know actual influences behind the EP, lyrically, musically. Who would you say your biggest influences are when it comes to actually writing music? Because they don't have to be who we sound like or who we don't sound like or anything like that. Personally, me, I think the band that I get most inspiration from, even though I I don't sound like them at all, is probably one of my favourite bands, and that's Periphery. I (laughs) I don't know why. I just think they're along the same idea as they write music for them. If people like it, great. If not, then whatever. Um, they were also a band that were around for a very long time before they hit it big. Yeah. Like, there's, there's so many of these bands, and they've got proper staying power now, and they're around for a long time because they've been around for a long time. Mm. And that's what I appreciate. I don't know. It's just their motivation and the fact that they don't care, uh, not necessarily about the labels, but they would rather go and... Um, do everything themselves. Misha is an absolute master when it comes to being able to come up with an idea, put it down, mix it, put some other ideas with it, and then it just turns into a fully-fledged song. I'd like to say they're all pretty much virtuosos in their own right, like Matt the drummer, uh, Matt Halpern. I think I said his name right. Mm. Um, He's incredible. Like He's one of those that... 
until we watched the documentary for P3. And he goes, oh, yeah, on the last couple of albums, I didn't really play double kick. And you're like, excuse me? Like, <laughs> what? How did you get away with that? And, like, as a drummer, he was the one person that really brought ghost notes into, like, my mind frame. Mm. And I was like, oh, actually, <laughs> I see why they do it. Mm. Yeah, they're, they're a big band. Mm. Um, How about yourself? I don't know. Because I, th- I feel like the music that we write compared to the music I listen to is a 180. Oh, you don't listen to the same kind of stuff? I don't really listen to metal as much anymore. Mm. I listen to a lot of varying styles. I go through phases where I can sit and, you know, I can go from Kings of Leon to Kendrick Lamar. Okay. To, you know, Polaris. Mm. And it's really weird. So, you know, I tend to look for artists that are really good songwriters rather than, oh, that's a good riff, that's catchy. Yeah. Um, as long as it's got a hook, whether it's, you know, metal with like a guitar riff or, you know, it could be rapping, it could be a vocal melody or a hook, something like that. As long as it's got something that will catch me, I'm like, okay, that's it. Mm. You know, I'm ready to, I'm ready to, pay attention to that now so I don't know this probably takes us on to what we were actually going to talk about which is you know we spoke about what we've been doing we spoke about the EP to nausea um, and we were going to talk about like music that we've actually been listening to since we've taken a bit of a break um, mine varies wildly so currently I've been listening to the new Architects album, For Those That Wish To Exist. That's big on my list right now. Um, Spirit Box has been on there lately. Yeah. That, oh, oh. <laughs> That's another band. They're not exactly humongous, especially in the UK. Um, but they just absolutely kick ass. Yeah, like I'm... When it comes to metal, like... I know they're not, but I listen to a lot of the Australian bands. Mm, they do produce some really good some bands. great metal bands, <laughs> like Make Them Suffer, which was going to be my next one. Yeah. Um, Polaris, obviously you've got the big boys, uh, Parkway. Mm-hmm. You know, um, North Lane. Very good. In Hearts Wake. You know, all those sorts of bands are really up there. I don't like stuff which is just all the way through and just growling and stuff proper, like that all the way through. Deathcore and all that kind of stuff. Which is quite kind of funny because we don't have clean vocals in our music. Mm. But that's not... <laughs> I, I wouldn't listen to that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, there has to be a melody of some sort, which I do think we do quite a lot now, yeah. in fairness, and especially on the album. I, I do think we do that. Um, but lately... It's been a lot of Imagine Dragons. They just released a new track called Follow You, really good. Um, there's a song called Cutthroat, which is on that EP, not EP, but single. I do think there's a few metal elements. Well, there's definitely some harder sort of influences there, mm. you know, with the vocal style. And is this what you are getting me to listen to the other night? Yeah, it's always yeah, percussive, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. that sort of thing is a big, you know... I've started listening to vocals more now. Mm. 
um, because up until Tom joined us, like we wrote instrumental music for such a long time. So now I'm really putting a lot of focus on. Uh, 21 Pilots just released a new song. Uh, so I, I'm not going to say Stay Away because I know it's not called Stay Away. <laughs> Shy Away, that one. <laughs> um, Shy Away, so that's good. Um, I don't know, I'm kind of stuck right now for like new music. So if you do have any new music that you want us to listen to, let us know because Josh is always trying to show me stuff. I'm always trying to show him stuff. And this always happens. I'll listen to it in a bit. Never do. <laughs> no. no, so... One of the bands that you showed me, I think it was probably about six months ago, was um, Strapping, Young, Strapping Young Lad. Mr. Devin Townsend. Yes, uh, very impressive. And yeah. I cannot stop listening to him, to be honest. Um, uh, that's the thing. It's not only just that uh, his older band, but it's also his uh, like his stuff himself and also uh, his project. Uh, what is it? Devin Townsend Project? Yeah. It's just... That man is just unreal in His terms of... His approach to songwriting is bonkers. Yeah. But he, he, he works. Whatever his formula is, I want it. <laughs> There's a video that I saw on YouTube where he talks about how he builds up vocals and you see him kind of going through layers and layers of, like... He basically builds a choir with his own voice <laughs> and I'm just sat there like, oh, I'm never going to do that. But it's it's so good and it's so smart the way that he does it, and it kind of just you you sit there whether you like his music or not you kind of sit there in awe you just like ah, mm. and he kind of gets brought back to you in a real way where you go oh okay that makes sense now yeah I suppose um, it's one of those things if you're not shown how it's done then you can never really well if you didn't have that idea yourself then you wouldn't know how it's done really yeah yeah definitely I think. I don't know. Like, let's have a look at everything else I've been listening to. So, Doom soundtrack because that was you. You told me you, uh, we were sat there playing. I think we were playing Call of Duty one night, <laughs> and he goes, "Oh, I'm listening to the Doom soundtrack," and it went on and didn't come back off. Honestly, Mick Gordon is another person. That, I I don't know whether it's his like playing style and guitar or what he does, but he's mixing. Because I know, like you told me a little while ago, he was one that. Uh, mixed and produced uh, Bring Me's latest album Survival Horror I think he did a few of the songs on it Not, I don't think he did all of it but he, some of the songs yes yeah, yeah but either way you can hear the specific songs which he's had part in there's a big influence there, and yeah. it, it it doesn't necessarily sound exactly like his um, his style in terms of like the soundtrack for Doom but you can really tell like it, how, do I, how do I say it super gently super crushed Thank you. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> but um, it sounds amazing. See, I always go for melodic kind of elements. So if I'm listening to metal, like the Doom soundtrack's really good if we're playing games. I know mm-hmm. that sounds really weird to have in the background. I suppose um, it was written in that uh, that frame of mind, really. Yeah, definitely. And I think, like... If I'm actively listening to music, say if I'm going somewhere or I want to listen to some music, um, right now, Nervous by While She Sleeps with Simon from Biffy. Incredible song. Um, If you follow them on YouTube, they've just released about a 40-minute documentary about the track. Brilliant. So shout out. Um, And Live Bring Me album at the Royal Albert Hall. Um, anyone who knows me knows how much I rant about orchestral elements in rock and metal. 
Mmm, tasty. <laughs> Muy bien. Um, but other than that, I found... With that video that you sent me the other night, uh, the While She Sleeps one with the orchestra in, that was nice. Yeah. That was really nice. It's just that... Oh, man, they're such a good band. Mm. I really, really love While She Sleeps. And they're... If, if there was a band that I was ever to be in or want to aspire to be like, it's them. The whole DIY aspect, man, like, I really respect it. Mm. Um, and I even love it purely for the fact that... Uh, is it Josh Middleton? Is that his name? From Solosis? Is it? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where you're going, so... Nah, um, yeah, I listened to Solosis a long time before I actually listened to Walsh's Sleeps. Um, so I know uh, the talent and the capability of what Josh is able to do. So for him to join that band uh, after, obviously, you the sad architects, mate. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> nah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I see what you mean. Like, especially if I, to be fair, I was just about to talk to uh, talk about architects anyway because their new album is unreal. Mm. Like, there's gonna, I think there's gonna be elements that a lot of people will go, oh, I don't, no, that's not architects. But even they've addressed in the Abbey Road interview that they realise that the last three albums are very similar to each other. Yeah. Um, and it's a big sounding album. It sounds like they want to play stadiums. And if that's what you want to do, do it. Yeah. If you want to go play arenas, do it. Um, as like, And they're addressing that. And Josh Middleton, he's the perfect fit. They tried to get him into the band for years. Mm-hmm. And now he's part of the band and... Yeah, I think this is the album where you can really start to hear his influence. Yeah. Whereas Holy Hell, he was there, he was there to help. Mm-hmm. I suppose it's just like a session guitarist, really. Yeah, like he was an official part of the band, but he was kind of trying to finish the vision that Tom had left. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a really difficult position to be in. I just I could never imagine being in that position. Um, so yeah, for those that wish to exist, is a brilliant album. I think the last because at the time of recording the new Walsh Sleeps album is released next Friday can't wait to hear it So What was an album that I listened to non-stop last year I still do to be honest yeah <laughs> I'd probably say that's definitely one of my favourite albums of all time I, yeah. it's just the, the uh, just the whole experience it, well that to me it's more of an experience listening to that album rather than just thinking okay yeah, it's got some catchy lead lines it's got some catchy riffs um, vocals and whatnot. I don't know it, I, I love it the only way <laughs> the only way that I can kind of say it with the album it's cohesive mm. it's an album that it's great from front to back and some albums you can tell when there's album fillers and you kind of just go, oh, I'll skip one. that one. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas that's not one of those albums. Gates of Paradise, the way that they end the album is brilliant. Elephant is probably my favourite song on that album. Um, when they did Haunt, No Guilty Party, Guilty Party at the Roundhouse with the choir. Oh. <laughs> I could go on for days about while she sleeps. Um, you love them. Love them. Um, <laughs> Sam Proffenberg. <laughs> Rate Northern. Um, uh, so, what kind of people or artists have you been listening to that you wouldn't expect me to think you listen to lately? Oh, um, I'll probably have to add a lot, to be honest. 
I think I've got two. One was a complete surprise. And for me or for you? For you. Okay. Uh, what would surprise me that you, you've been listening to? Okay. Tom Petty. Ooh. I didn't... Oh, rest in peace. I didn't realise just how much music I actually know of his. Yeah. It's crazy, man. <laughs> it's mad, and he wrote so many phenomenal songs that, yeah. you know, people don't really realise. Like, and when it comes on to the, the next podcast with Tom on it, um, one of his biggest influences, spoiler alert, is Tom Petty. Like, and he's probably going to be angry that I said this if he's listening, so sorry. <laughs> but, like, John Mayer, his, he released a version of Free Falling at the Nokia Theatre. It's live. Incredible. I thought that was his song for about two or three years. Mm-hmm. And then I heard Tom Petty, and I was like, oh. They're, they're different songs in their own right. It's the same song, but they sound like different songs. Yeah. But you can see that John Mayer's just trying to do the best that he can to kind of honour that song. Mm-hmm. I suppose it's like... Um, was it Nine Inch Nails? Um, yeah. Was it Johnny Cash? And then, Her. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That I listened to recently. I didn't actually realise it was a... It, it was a Johnny Cash song, wasn't it? It was... Nine Inch Nails song. And then Johnny Cash. Johnny Cash did it just yeah, before he yeah. passed away. Yeah. But either way, he's absolutely incredible, and he did that song justice. And it's weird, because Trent Reznor even says that he recognises that's not his song anymore. Yeah. Which I think, if you've got Johnny Cash covering one of your songs... You know you're on to all winner. I'll give it up. <laughs> you, can, you can have it. You can have it for free. Um, yeah, that surprises me. It was, to be honest, it was only I only actually went about listening to that uh, at work the other day because when we were on our, one of our writing sessions with Tom, uh, he was saying about Tom Petty, and I was like, you know what? I know the I know the name, mm-hmm. but I shamefully I probably couldn't put like a, a title to it, and then yeah. I stuck it on, and I was like. Oh Jesus! It's song after song after song, and I was just like, "Yeah, I know this one. I know that one." For me, it was when I heard "Running Down a Dream," mm. and I was like, "I know this song." I could never put a name to it. I could never put an artist to it. I, I knew the riff. Yeah. Um, and the riff, like, I heard it. I was like, "Ah, oh, that's the one. Mm. It's great." That's so. That's a really good. We could probably talk about a whole podcast of Tom Petty, to be honest. And if we do that, we'll get Tom on. Yeah, because <laughs> he'll be the one that will lead that podcast. Um, anybody else? Um, Don't be ashamed. I know what you're like. Okay, a uh, little gu- guilty pleasure. Uh, I've actually been listening to Stevie Nicks a bit. See, that's not a guilty pleasure. That's respectable. Okay, yeah. But yeah, either way, I've been uh, listening to that recently. I've never listened to her solo stuff, I'll be honest. Mm. Obviously, Fleetwood Mac, big, big influences. Obviously, not in terms of writing metal, but obviously. Um, But, you know, listening to Fleetwood Mac, there's always those songs that you can pull back. Mm -hmm. You know, like Landslide. I wrote... Part of my dissertation about landslide when I was at um, university, the first time. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's good. From that, 
well, those two artists for me, that's completely out my uh, out my ballpark. Like my, it sounds really bad, but I'm very close minded in terms of music. Um, I normally only listen to like the solid metal, not like the crazy all that kind of stuff. But yeah, but yeah, more like periphery trivium that kind of stuff. It's really interesting though because like the one thing that taught me most about music when I was at university is opening my eyes and listening to other music. Mm. Which is difficult because especially when you're setting your ways and being like, oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you're setting your ways, but... Oh, I am. <laughs> Big time. Um, but you like opening your eyes and listening to different types of music can do a world of good. Mm-hmm. And you can look at it and be like, oh, okay, now I can... If I'm writing this song, I can apply what I heard here to this song. Now, obviously, you're not going to put a Stevie Nicks sort of vocal over a metal song, for instance, or, you know, all that sort of stuff. But you can apply the technicality behind it. Yeah. Um, it's also like um, like with the guitar covers on the channel. Uh, one which I... A song that I did learn a little while ago, but never actually recorded for some reason. Um Spoiler, it's um, Can't Stop by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Playing that, obviously that's nowhere near like the top of music I do play, but it's the little things that you pick up from what they do is, uh, when writing. You pick it up and you can then take that inspiration or, or that, that part of the... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just basically what they do like, and then apply it to your own stuff. Yeah. And that's when you start to show... We were talking about this the other night. Like, that's when you start to show influence. Mm. It's not ripping a band off. It's showing respect to them and saying, OK, I recognise that this sounds like this, but I've taken it in my own direction. There's a song on the album. Oh, it's on the EP as well. Oh. There's a song on the EP. <laughs> it's the second one, isn't it? Yes. Second song on the EP, there's a part that sort of sounds like it's going to break into Rain in Blood by Slayer. <laughs> and then it sounds like it's going to break into, um, I think it's called The English Way by Fightstar. Very similar riffs. But the thing is, if you take it in different directions, it's all good to say, like, respect. Mm. And then take it off in your own direction. If we started playing Rain in Blood, it's like, okay. Then you're obviously ripping them off. Then... Yeah you know lawsuits mm-hmm. <laughs> so I th- yeah definitely I think I think it's good to show where you've came from in terms of like a musical journey mm-hmm. it's crazy like during the writing of this album there's been certain points where I've recorded a riff I'll send it over to you and you're like oh this sounds like that and then it's not until you actually address it to me and I'm like holy crap yeah it actually does Yeah, but not in so- not in terms of like a like I've just blatantly gone ripped it off. It's got that kind of influence, like you said. And there's on the flip side, there's been songs where Josh has written a riff, and I'm like, oh, that sounds like that band. So I'll go pull up, pull up the song that I think it sounds like. And it sounds nothing alike, <laughs> and then I look like an idiot for a few minutes. I'm going, which song is it? Um, but it's it's always good to kind of circle back to those things, and you know. We kind of went through a period of writer's block before we even started the album. Because mm. we were like, right, how do we want this to sound? How are we going to go? And naturally, we fell into our own writing and our own music. Um, 
And funnily enough, since we've said, oh, I think that's an album there, we've carried on writing and you can see where it's evolved yeah, it's, already. It's strange, like, with the what we thought was the end of the album. I don't me, think it is anymore. For me personally, I think I've written more in such a short amount of time than what it took us to do so many tracks in six months. It's really weird, like, over the past few weeks especially. Um, yeah. I've had crazy amounts of inspiration and I mean it took us two days to write a song and I'm more than happy to say okay that's a full-fledged demo uh, to be yeah and I think that's the thing is that a lot of people need to understand is you it's you have to recognise when something's a demo and it's not a finished idea mm-hmm. we when we was in the album like when we was in the band sorry when we was like 18 19 we'd go, oh, this song's done, and realistically it wasn't, but it was like, we just want to go play it live. Fair enough, if you want to do that and you're in that position, fine. But we're older and uglier now, so... Yeah, it's harder. <laughs> so I think it's it's one of those that you kind of look at it and you go, actually, you know, how can we improve this? Should we leave it on the shelf for a little bit, come back and revisit it? Like, I think... In terms of behind the scenes, like we've written a whole album that's done, and then we chose the three songs for the EP, and uh, you know, in terms of that background, we went and re-recorded those three songs. We didn't leave it and then go right, let's go and release it. We went and re-recorded those songs from scratch, mm-hmm. um, and being able to kind of do that and focus on those three songs and really making those as best as we possibly can has really made it so now effectively like the yeah we finished the song structurally in about two days and that was because we had not been writing for about two three months Mm -hmm. and it was like right now the ep's done it was like creativity dump yeah it was like oh let's just do this yeah it's weird um it was i'll probably say it's one of the more uh fun ways to write yeah. For me, I, I don't know whether it's purely for the fact it's a completely different process uh, of, of doing it, but it seemed to have worked. It's like, don't press that button. It's like, don't press it. You're going to go press it. But it, I think us not writing and focusing on these three songs has made us go, oh, God, I really want to write now. Yeah, big time. And that's coming from me, who doesn't enjoy writing. <laughs> so I've, I enjoy composition and you know, producing. So, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Is there anything else you want to cover? Uh, I don't mean to kind of just bluntly come to the end, but usually our podcasts run out about an hour, and we're at about an hour, so I don't want to keep everybody too long, unless you'd like us to. (laughs) And if you'd like us to, tell us. Um, But, yeah, is there anything that you want to cover off? Um, No, well, just the fact that I'm I'm glad that we've started this back up and us being in this format I think it's, it's really worked well um, and if you have got to this part I really appreciate that you've stayed here for that long um, we hope you've enjoyed it and hopefully we'll see you on the next one see usually I do the outros but I don't really have much to say to that no. apart from listen to us on Spotify listen to us on uh, Apple Podcasts all those sorts of things in the usual places linked below. Um, if you did enjoy this, and if you are here still, please subscribe. You'll see a little thing pop up in the corner, probably. Don't click. Um, if you are listening on Spotify or Apple Music or 
any of those sorts of formats, thank you for listening along. And we will see you very soon. Bye.